Welcome to the sultry sounds of North Star Community. Brought to you on this special day by Alec Baldwin. I'm just kidding. This is Scott. This is Teresa. I am still battling an illness, so you will hear a deeper, scratchier, perhaps more attractive voice from me than what you're normally hearing. I mean, can a mother say that a son's voice sounds really sexy, or is that just creepy? <laughs> no, that is super creepy. <laughs> uh, I suspect this will get really annoying to listen to, this scratchiness, but it is what it is. We have a schedule to stick to. Yes, and we must stick to the schedule. Yeah, or else you're not going to get a podcast next week, and somebody will probably light the building on fire. You never know. Like Please an don't give space. people ideas. We've got enough problems without you making up new ones. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, okay, so we're recapping last weekend's message, which I was not present for. And that means that we're just going to have to give this the good old college try. Yeah, yeah. The problem is, is I was so um, pleased with how our conversation went on Sunday morning. And now I can't really remember why I found it so helpful and why I learned so much from it. But I do have some thoughts. And I've had something happen that has made me continue to think about the series of verses. All right. What happened? So I've been watching one of my friends meltdown on Facebook. Oh. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah, real yeah. friend or a Facebook friend? Um, a, a real friend. Okay. Uh, meltdown on Facebook. And um, sorry, it, I shouldn't make light of that. That's not necessarily fun. Although there is a certain voyeuristic kind of thing that happens on Facebook where it's like intriguing to pay attention to that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, really, I couldn't use the word fun. I mean, probably on every level, it has caused me deep suffering and pain. Mm hmm. You want me to say more about that? Yeah, yeah, please do. <laughs> so my friend is having trouble with a relationship. And in so doing, has said some really scary things. Mm. And um, almost to a person people have responded to her with scripture verses and words of encouragement and telling her how she can get through this and she just needs to rebuke the devil. And I am resisting responding, but every codependent bone in my body wants to private message her and beg her to go go to the emergency room at Tucker's and check herself in. Okay. And um, it's really made me continue to wrestle with what it means to live out 1 Corinthians 13 in community. All right. Draw the connection there for us. Well, I have. So first, let me tell you all the reasons I think I don't have to get involved. Okay. Um, she is not part of our North Star community, which, let's face it, there's plenty to say grace over in serving and loving the community that we have. However, 
Um, we've intersected over the last 15 years in many relational things, including times when she was really struggling. And um, so even though she's not at North Star Community, it doesn't change how I feel about her or how I love her or I care for her. Right. Um, there's this verse in 1 Corinthians 13 um, which is a series of love statements, you know. I think we're going to read them all at some point. Yeah. I mean, should I go ahead and do that? Well, just, you know, you're fin- opening with the story, the story. So let's just do the story and then we'll so, circle well, back. So, well, there's just, there's just a lot of stuff in here that talks about protecting and telling the truth and trusting and hoping and persevering and... Um, not counting your spiritual gifts as something better than your act of love. And I'm just really wrestling with what it means to love this friend. Mm -hmm. And I'm really annoyed with the way her friends are responding to her because I do not think that it is at all protective of her. Um, And... Right. So let's, let's spend some time on that because you brought that up and then you said you wanted to message her to tell her to go into Tucker's. But it really seemed like you had some passion about the types of responses that she was getting on Facebook. So I don't want to move on from that too quickly because I think this is something that uh, you and I see a lot of that bothers us. And I don't think people always know. I don't think people always know why that would bother a pastor. People responding with uplifting, encouraging messages and scripture verses and that kind of thing. So even though it may not be your point, let's dive into that a little bit and tell me, I have some thoughts about the particulars of that that would frustrate me, but tell me what frustrates you about those responses. Well, I think someone is giving spiritual advice for a mental health problem. And basically, what they're asking her to do is get over herself and just perform in a spiritually admirable way. Mm-hmm. And So your impression I, of those messages is they were trying to correct her behavior. Yeah, and I think it's a love fail. Mm-hmm. And then I've got this, and and, and it's are, a love fail because because I don't think it is discerning or taking into account the root issue here. So everybody's couching this in spiritual language, but this is clearly to me a mental health issue. So I don't think if somebody had cancer, well, no, they do say that. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, we do over-spiritualize mental and physical health problems. So can I say what would frustrate me? And yeah, you can go say because I, I think there's probably more to this that you're um that you're just not finding the words for right now. I don't go mean that for it. I don't mean that in a condescending way. No, no. I got you. And plus, every time you talk, your voice just sounds really authoritative. So go for <laughs> it. Um so for one thing. I do think that a lot of times Christian communities over-spiritualize mental health issues, as you've said. However, at the same time, I think that I I think these things are holistic, right? Right. Like, there's and I a agree spiritual with that. component to everything. 
Yes. Um, mental health issues are never just mental health issues. There's also a spiritual malady there. And I think the big problem is that we think we've identified a specific solution. Uh, I think a lot of times these are mysterious ailments that are kind of elusive to us. Even as mental health issues and even treated as mental health issues, the solutions are often difficult for us to find. And on the spiritual front, this, we don't have easy solutions to these problems either. People have been quoting verses for centuries and not solving people's mental health problems. Yeah, right? exactly. And when you talk about it as being a result of the devil, right? you're locating the problem somewhere other than where it probably actually exists. Yes. Because if it's the devil, then it's not really... For one thing, it's not something that anybody could ever take responsibility over. Right. And I'm not saying that that this person's mental health problems are their fault. But when you make it only about the devil, then there's nothing, you know, you, you, what am I trying to say? It disempowers you in a way that is different than acknowledging powerlessness. Yeah. It's like, to me, it doubles down on hopelessness. Yeah. Right? And um, and all of this tied into a question I asked on Sunday that I got a, a non-surprising but totally interesting answer to. Okay. Um, and I just love our crowd because they're so honest and it's just, it's a privilege to live in a community that chooses honesty over right answers, right? Yep. So we had started out the conversation with the end of the verse, which is love never fails. Mm-hmm. And we'd had a lot of discussion about that. Um, is it true that love never fails? And, um, you know, some people said, well, God's love never fails. And um, which, you know, we know that to be true. And I said, well, um, but what is your reality about that? Like, what is your, what is your relationship with love? Have you had love failures? And everybody's like, oh yeah, I've had love failures. And we went on and talked about this verse and, and these eight verses more. Um, and then I asked them a question. I said, okay, when you think about love failures, When you're thinking about that right now, I'm going to give you two choices. Vote for one. Are you thinking about a time when your love failed, you failed someone in love, or someone failed you? And the majority of the answers were, I thought about a time when someone failed me. Right. And I mean, I was thinking the exact same thing. I I had the exact same thought in my head about what I perceive as a huge love failure on the part of someone towards me. Yeah, it's so easy to uh, justify or rationalize the way in which we fail others. And it's so easy to hold people 100% accountable for the ways in which they fail us. Yeah. And uh, so we... I ultimately just picked one little teeny tiny phrase out of the whole thing to talk about on that particular Sunday in terms of trying to make it 
practical and applicable and thinking about what you could do. But it it goes back to the same story about my friend on Facebook. Like having the context of what's really going on with my friend's life and understanding the dynamics of the relationships, the only thing she can think about is how she perceives that somebody is taking something from her. Mm -hmm. And my understanding of the story is that she has been presuming upon a relationship where someone has been generous to her beyond imagining. And that inevitably is going to have an end. I mean, it's just inevitable. It's so obvious to me. You're saying that um, in a relationship where you, your perception is that the partner has given more than most would under the same circumstances, and based on what you've seen, is getting very little. The relationship probably lacks mutuality, let's say. Well, yeah, and it's and, an ex-partner mm-hmm. who, uh, who has no legal or moral imperative so hang on i'm trying to draw out the yeah. uh the last part so you said that the uh that there is going to be an, an end and i think the end that you're talking about is when somebody's been generous beyond expectation without any kind of mutuality for 16 years somebody is going to just eventually break down and not be able to give beyond that point is that what you're saying? That is exactly what I'm saying. Okay. And um, there's some reasons, and if I said them, it would maybe make it more obvious who I'm talking about, so I don't want to go there. But to say that anybody looking at this situation with a tiny bit of objectivity would say, babe, your time is running out in terms of the unbelievable generosity of this relationship and I understand how you're freaking out about this but you are totally wasting your time when you should be thinking about how you're going to stand on your own two little feet but instead totally distracted by the fact that this unbelievable generosity might come to an end rather than saying man I was given 18 years uh, to figure out how to do life. And now I'm mad that I'm not going to get 20 or 25 or 30 or 40 years. So I feel like 1 Corinthians 13 gives us a lot to hold ourselves accountable for and I'm not suggesting that her friends should be doing that necessarily because I I think she's too freaked out for that but I think for somebody 
who has made the decision that they want to be a faithful person, we all ought to be spending at least a little bit of time thinking about how we fail at love and what are some ways that we could use these scriptures to sort of stimulate our own thinking about our own inventory. So let me let me see if I'm understanding you. I think what you're saying is, so a lot of times it's easier to learn from other people's mistakes, things that are outside of ourselves, and then to work backwards from that, right? Right. So I think what you're doing is you're looking at this situation play out and you're putting yourself in this person's shoes and you're saying, if I were in her shoes, which you have emotional distance from that situation. So you're, it's much easier for us to be objective right. about the response to those circumstances. But if we were in their shoes, just hypothetically, there would be uh, the, the way that 1 Corinthians applies is that you're seeing this list of things like, I could have this, but if I didn't have love, I would have nothing. Right. I could have that. But if I'm not loving while having that, then I'd have nothing. Right. And there's just this, there's this list over and over again in this passage of like, there's a lot of good things in life and in faith that we can have, but if they're not ultimately driven by and undergirded by love, then we have nothing. And you're looking at this person and you're saying, they've missed this point somehow. And now you're taking that and saying, this is what we all... We all need to have a heightened awareness about the ways in which a lack of love uh, takes things off the table for us in life. Yes, and and to not in a direct one-to-one kind of relationship. Like if you don't love this person, then you're you're, yeah, you're not going to get dinner tonight or something. Yeah, you know, there's a spiritual consequence. Well, and the other thing that I would add to that is. I am I have a heightened sensitivity to this because in the relationship where it is so easy for me to feel like someone has failed me at love because of my certain way of seeing I cannot stop evaluating where I failed also and so I have this daily experience, and your poor dad has to hear about it. Um, you know, this daily experience of saying what has been my part. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to over sell that point. Like, I don't ruminate over that. Mm-hmm. But I discipline myself to take a few minutes every day to ask myself that question. Because I know how easy it is to judge other people and how hard it is to see myself in in truth. And so this is a part of my daily spiritual discipline. And until I have a sense of real clarity about living in the truth, which this series of verses talks about, that you must live in the truth, until I feel like I have gotten to 
the place where I can really be honest about my part, then um, I am concerned about my inspired way of seeing breaking down in the way I live. Yeah. So because that is particularly a part of my daily experience now because of this particular uh, broken relationship, then I had a heightened sense of empathy for my friend who is struggling with being honest with herself if her Facebook posts are any indication of that. Right. So I guess to correct what I was saying earlier, it's not so much that you're looking at her and saying, man, she would be better off if she could own her own stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, I feel so sorry for her that she can't do that because, number one, it's part and parcel of a certain way of seeing. Right. And we're always disappointed when we're not able to do that. But also, there's a certain brokenheartedness that that is that comes from our inability to own our stuff. Yes, and I and I think about where I would be mentally and spiritually and physically if I weren't leading with the foot of what's my part. And I could really see how bitterness and resentment and depression um rage and anger and a desire for revenge uh, could really dominate my day, which would completely be distracting from my day-to-day activities. And that's not really my experience. You know, my experience um, at this point in this process is really just more about being brokenhearted about how there is the promise in 1 Corinthians 13 that love does not have to fail. And yet so often our reality um, falls far short of the promise of what um, the capacity to live in an inspired, faithful way could bring to planet Earth. And that's just plain old heartbreaking. Yeah, and I think that, that, um, you know, the NRSV says love never ends. Yeah. And I think that um, kind of what it uh, what it goes on to say is it's comparing. You know, we have that list. Yeah. I have this, but if I don't have love, I'm nothing. I have that, but if I don't have love, I have nothing. And what it goes on to say from there is essentially that these things, the if I have this and the if I have that, those things end. Yeah. You know, like those things that yeah. we want to have, those positive attributes yeah. are fleeting Right. But uh, love is sort of the the trump card that is underneath all of that, that if we have that, uh, that doesn't end. Yeah. You know, and while these other things may come and go, these skills, these traits, these positive characteristics, these things we may... Spiritual gifts. Yeah, these things we may pride ourselves on. um, There's so much less... I think it's kind of saying those things are not that important um, relative to being a loving human. 
right uh, in God's image right and um, I can't remember where I was going with that well you were getting ready to say what comes after that is so if well no that's what I was uh-huh. that, it, that was part of what I was saying oh, is, is it tells you that all that stuff's gonna end yeah that's that, what that comes stuff up. is yeah. fleeting you know whereas love is not and I think that um, you know a lot of those breakdowns uh, that we have maybe are indicative of the fact that either somebody else has failed to love us or we failed to love them, but, you know, we end up with nothing. Right. You know, like, I think that's where a lot of that broken heart- heartedness comes from is, yes, if everybody was in total pursuit of this unfailing, unending kind of love all the time, then we wouldn't, then we wouldn't have these gaps that we fall in as your friend has. Yeah. And there at the very end of 1 Corinthians 13 in verse 12 it says now we see but a for I, now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror then we shall see face to face now I know in part then I shall know fully even as I am fully known. And I just think that's a beautiful um vision of both our longing and the reality that we are not in this is I am I am fully known right now by God the only person who is not in on the whole picture is me but isn't that our greatest longing to be fully known to be understood to uh, be cared about and cared for and have the capacity to care for others. That's a, that is, that's the essence, no matter how we, how it manifests itself in our personality, our spiritual give, gifting, our Enneagram number type, you know, any of that stuff, uh, the heart of, that makes our heart beat is this capacity, this this drive to be fully known and this longing uh, to have a better capacity to know self and others and God. So, you know, it's... Um, and I think it's also like, you know, there's a there's a strong theme that, that comes up in the New Testament over and over again, which is things are incomplete now. And they one day will be complete. You know, there will be a time where there are no more tears. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, part of what is always happening, <laughs> always, part of what's happening sometimes <laughs> in, uh, in trying to be nuanced, in, uh, in Paul's writings and in other writings in the New Testament is uh, a way of saying, you know, Think on how things will be when things are complete and live that out now so that people can experience what is coming in the present. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think one of the sentences I probably used, I hope I used this weekend was, you know, telling the truth of all this points us to what we've got to work with. Um. So it, it points to the inadequacies, the frustrations. I mean, good grief. We could look at Romans. We could, I mean, tons of places. Um, but it doesn't, 
it does not necessarily give us an escape clause for loving others. And so I think my heartbreak with my friend is she has somehow come to a place where she has given herself a huge way out. Mm-hmm. She has decided that she is a victim. Yeah. And so she has no capacity. I mean, I've never seen anything quite like this. This absolute, I mean, I'm sure I've done it, but I didn't see it. This absolute no capacity to look at her part in this at all. Yeah. And I think that's what using that language of the devil does for us too, right? Is it's like, here's a get out of jail free card. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I I also thought this message um, was a natural tie-in to your message in Luke 6. And um, so I thought taking those two messages together uh, was pretty, was pretty crucial. Yeah. What, uh, what primary connections did you see? Well, I really liked in particular the point where you talked about it's a it's it's a reward in and of itself when we can move beyond our natural way of seeing to living out our inspired way of seeing. Right. And that that is the reward. You yeah, know, being able to simply live out of your certain way of seeing uh, is is a reward. Yes, and it ought to it ought to make us shoot off fireworks and um, throw parties because it is compelling. It is absolutely a compulsion to follow in the footsteps of those who have gone before us in our family system and in the culture we live in. It is so hard to move beyond what we are so damn sure we know. Yep. So, I mean, anytime we have a moment of clarity, we ought to, we ought to throw a party. Yeah, I agree. So, I don't know, I've resisted private messaging, my friend. And you've seen that as an act of love? I have, but I'm very ambivalent about it because my codependency really wants to go beyond the bounds of what respect and honoring her looks like. Yep. And she has not invited any feedback. She's not asked any questions. She's been completely clear about what she wants to see. And that is one of the things we stress over and over again. Yeah. Is, uh, Unsolicited feedback is rarely something that uh, uh, yeah. has positive outcomes. Yeah. So I'm noticing, you know, I really need to get, I'm noticing that I really need to get off Facebook. Boy, that's the lesson we're all learning every day, is it not? Yeah, but I just hate missing your posts. <laughs> I mean, like that post yesterday about your invisibility cloak as a five on the Enneagram was hilarious. I really enjoyed it. Yep. Yep. I was... Uh, Yep. But um, at any rate. Yep. 
sounds like we've said pretty much all we're going to say. Yeah, I guess I would say that in concluding that my friend has no idea how much I hurt for her. Yeah. It is painful to see, you know, faith does not promise us a perfect life, and it doesn't even necessarily promise us a particularly good life. But the benefits from being in community, kind of like what I was talking about before, is like when people are able to look ahead to see what God is creating, and they're able to embody that in the present, and the gifts that we experience as a result of that, of living in that kind of community. So say you've got a really hard life and you're suffering, but you have a place where you can go where you experience grace, mercy, forgiveness, love, acceptance, inclusion, uh, and honesty, honesty, where you have food to eat, you know, um, those are huge positives, right? Like th yeah. those are, you know, that, that is the, that is a kind of reward yeah. of faith is being able to experience those things in the here and now. And when people don't have that, I, I do think that's sad. Yeah. And, and, uh, and dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's, I think it's dangerous for our mental health. I mean. Yeah, they say no man is an island, but if you live as an island, then you are one. And that's not a particularly good thing for us. Yeah, I think we should probably uh, change that quote to no man should be an island. Right. <laughs> or no man should create an island. Oh, Okay, wait a minute. We can't end this podcast without this thing that I okay. saw. This is also why I'm going to stay on Facebook. Okay, great. Because my friend Ann Wilson, I didn't send it to you because I didn't think you'd be impressed. I sent it to Brittany, though. My friend Ann Wilson posted on her Facebook page, you can rent a whole island. Oh, I am impressed if you can do that. And it comes with security, <laughs> which is a six I appreciate. Yep. Uh, it comes with a chef. And it comes with if a If you have the whole island, crew. what the heck do you need security for? Well, it's right off the coast of Belize. And so I guess they're thinking people could get there via kayak. swimmers. And, yeah. I'm not sure why we think somebody from Belize it's would definitely, necessarily. Definitely a, a, only a six would think that you needed security on a private island. No, listen to me. Okay. The comments, there were thousands of comments and everybody's like, yeah, I'm not going to go to this island. Everybody leaves to go out of the country and they get killed. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's more dangerous for Americans to go to church right now than it is to go to an island off the coast that's of not, Belize. That's not true. Don't spread that. Okay. Well, maybe... It's pretty dangerous to go about your day-to-day -day life. It's not that dangerous to go about your day-to-day -day life. Stop spreading fear. Okay, well, I still want to go to this island off the coast of Belize, yeah. and I'm not going to turn down the security team because I'm a six on the Indian. <laughs> well, if it's included in the price, you know. But anyway, there was just great. So, you know, there's this great island that you can go to, and that has nothing to do with what we were talking about, except for the fact that even dad thought it might be a good idea for our whole family to go on this trip. Oh my gosh. It has paddle boards and kayaks and snorkeling, five little cottages. I'm telling you, I think it could be awesome. What in the world did that have to do with anything? Well, we were talking about no man being an island unto himself. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> See, this is a full service podcast. Uh, okay. And at the end of this, we're going to have to talk about how uh, this podcast is sponsored by HomeAway, not Blue Dot Sessions. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, the other thing. So, so let me let me get back to being serious for just one second, and then okay. we'll we'll seriously close this out. You also ought to be careful who you invite on your island. Right. Because if your security team is dangerous, then they might. And if they're going to tell you that everything that's causing you problem is the devil, rather than saying, take a look in a mirror, baby, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. If you don't have at least two people in your life that have the balls to tell you that, oh, I can't say that, can I? No, you can say it. Okay. So anyway, if you don't have at least two people who can tell you that in a loving way, like, don't be mean. Right. Right. Well, and let's let's also call that insight. You know, it's not just the guts, to be honest, yeah. but it's also the discernment to know when somebody's not being honest with themselves. And the wisdom to know whether you're the one that's been given uh, permission and invitation to be that person. See, in this case, I have not been given that. Right. So I got to keep my big mouth shut. Although yeah. it does seem we've done a whole podcast on it. So there's that. Yeah. hope she doesn't listen to this. Wouldn't it be great if she did? I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but I'm pretty sure she won't recognize herself because. Uh, yeah. Well, is that all? I think I think that's probably more. I think you is should probably. Is that all? I think you should probably cut out the last 10 minutes of this whole I'm conversation. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. That's all the more incentive to uh, to get it right the first time. Home away. Homeaway.com. <laughs> Find your own island security team, chef, and cleaning crew. <laughs> yes. Kayaks, paddle boards, okay. scuba diving. Free advertising. I'm telling you. No, hold off because, you know, maybe someday, uh, maybe someday they'll... They'll ask us to do that, and they and they actually will give us some money for the work oh, that we do. and your own freshwater pool. Okay. So we've got to wait until I'm not paranoid about my grandchildren being around all that water. <laughs> okay. So, all right. When uh, I think our time will have, your time will have passed you by by the time we get there. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I'm planning to live to a ripe old age. Yeah. You'll, you'll That's be like, why I'm... You'll be like 100. They'll have to be like 45 years old before you feel okay with them getting near water. No, long and old enough that they can keep a life jacket on at all times without fear of taking it off. All right. Um. Yeah, that's why I'm going to leave this and go to the gym and do some deadlifts. Okay. Some push-ups. So we're closing now. We're closing because we i got to keep routine. myself strong so that I yeah. can get to that island. All right. So because we're closing, that means music probably started playing a few minutes ago when this turned into absolute nonsense. <laughs> and who is playing the music that we're now listening to? Blue Dot Sessions. Yes. And if you were to find Blue Dot Sessions on the web, where would you find them? Sessions. Dot. Blue? Yep. Sessions.blue. It doesn't sound like a website, but it is. They provide us royalty-free music. That means we don't pay for it, but we do have to give them credit. And we are happy to give them credit because we like their music and we love the fact that we can put it on our podcast and make it sound just a little bit more professional than it would sound otherwise. And I think we'd have to cut out a lot of this content if we want to sound professional. 
Well, I'm not saying we are professional. I said we sound a little bit more professional than we otherwise would. So we went from sounding completely unprofessional to slightly unprofessional. Well, music can do a lot to cover a multitude of sins. That's right. You can also find us on the web. Do you know where you can find us on the web? I bet at www.northstarcommunity.com. Northstarcommunity.com. Nailed it in one. Um, That's been the website for almost 20 years now, so you should be able to get that one, but... You never Please. know. Be so, honest. Um, by this point, we've got a number of episodes up. You can find them on iTunes and Google Play and SoundCloud. You already know that because you're already listening to this. But the point is, you can go and like us, and you can give comments and uh, reviews, particularly in the iTunes uh, store and the Apple Apple Store. Um, that would really help us out. It would help us spread the word, and other people could uh, get involved on in the action. Uh, Hey, maybe we I'm should assuming. do some sort of contest where people who do that can go to the island with us. Yeah, yeah. If you give us a review on uh, iTunes or the Apple, you know, wherever you find it, um, or Google Play Store, whatever, then um, you can go to an island with your own security team. <laughs> you know, I really am thinking this would be a cool retreat, a North Star retreat. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your time. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, it's been fun. All right. Bye. Bye.